Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. The fight is in Texas over the southern border where the Biden administration thinks Greg Abbott is the problem and Greg Abbott is working aggressively to keep the border safe. Including sending a letter saying, Joe Biden, you're not doing your job. I heard what the Supreme Court said, but I have rights. The states have rights. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 is an example of those rights. Which states quite clearly that no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops, or ships of war in time of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power, or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution says that the country will protect the states from invasion, also guaranteeing a Republican form of government. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Greg Abbott has the argument. It was the Supreme Court that stated that the Biden administration could take up razor wire. I was not surprised by this decision. Because that could be seen as a violation of the president's purview regarding immigration policy. But the states have the rights to protect the right to protect themselves. And here we are. If you ask Corinne Jean-Pierre, well, this is about the terrible Governor Greg Abbott, and he's putting people in harm's way. It doesn't seem like they've gotten it. Uh, they now are allowed to cut down razor wire. Yeah. Some Democrats are saying the president needs to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard. So look, That's something that could happen? I mean, look, I'll say this. Uh, you know, the Border Patrol agents are now, as you said, allowed to cut through the wire because of what the Supreme Court has laid out. It's, it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. And so we have been very clear. We want to make sure we get something done at the border. That's why we've been having these conversations with Senate Republicans and Democrats for the past several weeks to come up with a bipartisan agreement right. to deal with the border. Because an election is coming up and we have to be seen as doing something. We see you. Meanwhile, things get worse for Boeing every single day. The issues with their airplanes. And as we're now hearing, when you take a look at that Alaska Airlines flight where basically part of the fuselage just blew right off uh, mid-flight, there was thought that maybe it was uh, the responsibility of a, a contractor 
Maybe not. Maybe not. Multiple reports state that they had actually been removed, uh, um, these few, these panels for repair, and, restalled, and were reinstalled improperly by Boeing workers on the final assembly line in Washington State. Washington Times there with the reporting. Boeing... And uh, in, in, in when it comes to the 737 MAX 9, this plane doesn't work. I don't know how many more ways we have to say it, see it. I don't know how many lives have to be lost in order to understand it. This plane doesn't work. And I'm not saying it can't work one day. But it doesn't work. And now as we're hearing more about Boeing and the issues, it's not so much about the design as it is about the work. What is it that they're doing? What is it that they're not doing? Where is their focus? And how does one have trust? Every day, we the people are getting on an airplane and we're doing the safety inspection? Making sure that the bolts are in the wing? Hey, is the, is the tire and the nose going to fall off this time? Yes or no? Are we placing bets? This is not good. The focus has to be where the focus has to be. And right now, Boeing doesn't have the focus. They're going to have to make some changes. People are going to get fired. I mean, how do you not? At this stage, how do you not? Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. I'll be on my way if the sun don't shine today. The Anti-Defamation League has lost its value. An organization that was supposed to engage in the combating of anti-Semitism that now wants to tell you that Matt Walsh is the enemy, well, that's there's no value there. But this is an organization that for far too long has put itself in a position to be interested in the politics and not interested in the job. Not interested in the job, and we see this so very often when you take your eye off the prize. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. The story from the Daily Signal discussing how the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has taken to alerting law enforcement to people who aren't saying things they think are nice like Matt Walsh over there at um, uh, Daily Wire, like Chris Rufo at the Manhattan Institute, and like libs of TikTok. I thought you were focused on anti-Semitism. I thought you were focused on on, on, on these issues. Why, why are you focused on this? And what has libs of TikTok ever done that would be an issue? Taking the posts of people who have lost their minds and reposting them, reposting what it is teachers think they should be doing in their classroom that is just downright abusive and has nothing to do with education? What What in the world about that is, is somehow a, a, abusive or extremist? The ADL is a progressive organization that provides no value at all. There was a time. That time is no longer. 
We don't have to believe that because an organization always did a thing, that that organization always does a thing. Things change. This brings us to the Ivy League. The Ivy League no longer provides a value. It is no longer the best and the brightest. It is no longer about education, but wholly and solely about indoctrination. So much so, you don't get into the Ivy League based on your merits, based on your credentials. You only get into the Ivy League based on your ideology. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. This was from uh, the Daily Mail. America's richest 1% and Ivy Leaguers say the rest of the country has too much personal freedom and wants to ration food and electricity. So um, the survey uh, talks about... um, uh, what it is uh, that that is is thought of. So if you take a look at the voters, the voters say at sixteen percent we have too much freedom. Well, I don't I don't believe that in the slightest. But neither here nor there. Fifty seven percent too much control and twenty seven percent about right. The one percent thinks that there's too much freedom. The Ivy League think, thinks that there's too much freedom by, by 47% and 55%. It's a very interesting kind of look. And I think if we start tearing at this, we might find some issues possibly with methodology and, and a host of things. But I don't think there's any issue regarding the fact that the Ivy League no longer provides us the best and the brightest. The, 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 the clear reality is that the Ivy League failed us. The Ivy League provides no value because it doesn't provide education. You must be in lockstep and a goose step with the ideology. And it is a pushing out of the ideology, which is against actual education. That's what they provide. Never mind the fact that they are bigots in every way. And it's not just their anti-Semitism post-October 7th, mind you. But we used to believe that the Ivy League and Harvard and Yale, and these were the institutions. They're not. We used to believe that the New York Times was the institution. But it's not. Just because they were doesn't mean they are. And to say so is not some kind of exercise in in bigotry or hatred. It, it's, it's not anti-Semitic to note that the ADL has worn out its welcome. They have. There's no value here. Absolutely nothing. I am not against actual journalism when I note that the New York Times has failed. I'm not against education when I note that no one should send their kid to Harvard or Columbia, certainly. No one. If you asked me before October 7th, I would have told you, told you I talked to my oldest about uh, applying to Harvard. You won't get in, but the name will, will get you places. Well, that's not right anymore. That's gone. If fully exposed, 
fully exposed. Just because it was doesn't mean it is. And that's the the, the, the wheel turns. I, I think the, the expression would be. These things do indeed change. And that's okay. What's not okay is the people so desperate to hold on to their power structures that they will go at you and attack you for it. But that that happens, and that will happen, and I have no doubt that I'll get responses from posts on, on social media and commentaries like this. And that, that, that's fine. I, 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 get, I get plenty pushed my way all the time. Somebody, somebody posted, as I was going through some stuff as I do getting ready for the show, hey, don't let the people on, 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 on Twitter bother you in the replies. You're doing great. The days of letting anybody on social media bother me are long over. I appreciate the kindness, though, very, very much. Early in my career, when I started in IBC, it would bother me. Because I was trying to figure out how to respond to it. Because I thought it deserved a response. People were awful, and I thought it deserved a response. Nah, it doesn't. <laughs> no. No, some things don't get a response. Some, some things just get a, get a mute. <laughs> some things just get a delete. Not everybody's going to agree with everything. That's that's absolutely fine. It's okay. Not everything is what it was. And sometimes you have to leave some people behind. The Ivy Leagues, the ADL, the New York Times, they have to be left behind. Because they no longer fill the function that they claimed to fill. And they are not allowed to rely on their history while they abuse the future. That dog won't hunt. Let us say our goodbyes now and find better people to work with. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Philip on the News, presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show, Sundays at 9 a.m. WIBC and WIBC.com. The Dow futures down 15, NASDAQ futures up 29. I'm not paying any attention to those numbers. GDP for the fourth quarter was 3.3%. The expectation was 2 Okay, I have questions because we already saw earlier this month that unemployment was at uh, 3.9, which is far off from the 2% on un- uh, un- not unemployment, inflation. I apologize. Inflation was 3.9, well off from the 2% target uh, from the Fed, and the 3.9 was a trend back up, not. Uh, heading down as it happened in the previous uh, couple of months. So does this make the market go nutty? Does this make the market say, absolutely, we're in good shape? Or is this a continued growth that the Fed is going to look down upon and say, this is what we're trying to slow up a little bit? 3.3. Does this come from people having to spend more to get the same thing? Or is there a value here? This is what we're going to be digging into on Tony Katz today. Kind of break this down, get an understanding 
of this number, of the details, what it means. No sense in, uh, in, in guessing. Let's have an understanding. Southwest Airlines taking the Boeing Max 7 out of their 2024 plans because of the delays in certification. No, it's because nobody wants to be on a Boeing, 7, uh, uh, Boeing Max 7. They don't want to be on the 9. They don't want to be on the 7. They don't want to hear Boeing Max. They don't want to hear it. There's a problem with that plane. There's a problem with Boeing. And everybody who's uh, traveling and getting on an airplane now has a whole new level of concern. And in a world full of, full of anxiety, that is not what you want. Oh, good Lord. Every, everybody's just got to relax. Everybody has got to relax, has got to take it uh, a, a bit easy. You know, it, it, you, you, you can't. You can't be this amped up all the time. Be cool, honey bunny. Be cool. That's that is what is necessary, right here, and it's why we bring you. Oh, excuse me, I just got choked up just thinking about it. The TK Thursday music moment. This is what we do. Presented by Kill a Dent. Kill a Dent removal. People, uh, they'll they'll come to you with the mobile dent removal. And uh, they'll they'll take care of it, and uh, no problems with the paint, everything else, the hail, whatever the case is, kill a dent removal. Boom! You got no more dents. That's that is beautiful and lovely and fantastic right there. You got to check them out for yourself. Kill a dent removal sponsor of the TK. That's me, Tony Katz. Thursday music moment. It's a moment to roll down the windows, to turn up the speakers, maybe the earbuds. Grab your coffee, grab your bourbon. I don't judge. Maybe you're just getting off third shift. Who am I to say? I don't get to decide. Everything's nutty. We don't have to be nutty. So in order not to be nutty, I went to 1975. Because nothing was nutty in 1975. Nothing, I tell you. And I said, you know what? This is good. As a matter of fact, this is uh, the way I like it. Hit it, Kylan. Gonna be okay, guys. Little Casey and the Sunshine Band. Gonna get us through. Roll down the windows. Step away from the madness. Turn it up.
I think this would be a perfect wedding song. I'm surprised it's not used more often. The world is crazy, but we don't have to be. That's why we do what we do, people. That's why we bring up a little music, take a breath, a little dance in the car, a little feel good. Then we can get back to it. Because that's what we have to do. Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. Hey, good to see you. 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With a little more love and a little more laughter, a little more good vibes, less disaster. You know today would be a very good day just to have a good day. So the big story today is going to be the fight between Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, and the president over border security. And that the Supreme Court saying that, yes, you can cut through razor wire is not a decision that states that Texas cannot defend the state from invasion, which clearly uh, Governor Greg Abbott is describing in his letter. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. We'll also discuss the fact that Nikki Haley, this will happen on Tony Katz today, she she lost her, her one of her biggest funders, who's a Democrat. And how does anybody think that she's going to stand a chance in in South Carolina, where she's down by 30, without the money to be able to do so? It doesn't matter that it's her own, own state. It, it, it just doesn't matter. Even if she overperformed in in New Hampshire by seven, if she overperforms by 10, she loses by 20. That's three states giving you double-digit losses. Yet I have the governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, saying, oh, it's just fine. Does she have to win in South Carolina? I mean, I can't understand uh, the motivation for a candidate who doesn't win the first three contests. Don't you think it's a do or die there? I don't, and I'll tell you why. New, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina are always the filtering states, if you think of it that way. Right? We always want to narrow it down. Now, she narrowed it down way faster than anyone thought. I do think when you get to Super Tuesday, you have to win. you got to win some states in Super Tuesday. I don't think uh, South Carolina is a must-win, but I have no doubt she's going to do very, very well there. Today, That is such a nonsense statement, it's hard to describe. That is just ridiculous in every single it's it's embarrassing it's an embarrassing thing to say i, I that that being the, the the governor of new hampshire good lord meanwhile you listen to corinne jean pierre and she'll tell you that the economy is just terrific economy um, yeah. I, I asked you probably six million questions about the economy <laughs> yes. when I sat in the briefing room. By the room. way, I miss you in the briefing room. <laughs> I miss being in the briefing room. The New York's nice, too. This is a nice place. You're, I'm um, from New York, so I love New York. This is your hometown. Yeah, this is my um, hometown. The consumer sentiment numbers yeah. have been on a trend line upwards. It's been amazing. The yeah. latest one, I think, surprised just about everybody. Yeah. My question for you, as he goes into this big moment, yeah. and it was constant in the speech, the UAW endorsement, for months you guys have been frustrated that <laughs> there's not been a correlation with public sentiment from the top-line numbers. Yeah. Uh, that all, all defied expectations. Do you feel like 
the corner is being turned right now. People are getting it, that yeah. it's landing, and that not only will this not be a drag heading into a campaign season, this is actually going to be a benefit yeah. for the president. Well, I'm going to be careful about the campaign season, but what I can speak to is you just said it. Consumer sentiments, people are feeling what the economy is doing. The people I speak to don't feel that way. And yes, uh, the GDP was at 3.3% last quarter. And that is an interesting, fascinating, and can be seen as a good number. But this was CBS News just the other day talking with people regarding uh, the primary in New Hampshire. Yeah, so people are really uh, bummed out about the economy here in New Hampshire, even uh, if the overall big picture numbers are going in the right direction. And even if people's own personal experiences in general are going okay, there's a lot of gloom. And one of the reasons is food prices, for example, generally going up. And we talked to a bunch of people outside of a grocery store in Derry, New Hampshire. We couldn't find anybody feeling good about the economy. And that, that's just human nature. Psychologically, you go into a store, if you're paying more for items that you get every week, that really sticks with you. It really annoys you. It gets you down. People were upset about it. And so are they making it? Yeah, they're making it. But are they bothered by the fact that frozen OJ has gone up double digits and that steak on Friday is up double digits? Absolutely. And that's really driving people's perspective on things. Yeah. So what is she talking about? We will get into the economy. Dr. Matt Will scheduled to join us, economist at the University of Indianapolis, break down these numbers. I will have it all for you. At noon...